Our first reading is from the Oracle of Malachi, which is found on page 903 at the end of the Old Testament. And is taken from Malachi chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. A son honours his father, and servants their master. If then I am a father, where is the honour due to me? And if I am a master, where is the respect due to me? Says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests, who despise my name. You say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food on my altar. And you say, how have we polluted it? By thinking that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not wrong? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, Is that not wrong? Try presenting that to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or show you favour, says the Lord of hosts? And now implore the favour of God that he may be gracious to us. The fault is yours. Will he show favour to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that someone among you would shut the temple doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name is great among the nations, and in every place incense is offered to my name and a pure offering for my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted, and the food for it may be despised. What a weariness this is, you say, and you sniff at me, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence, or is lame and sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has has a male in the flock and vows to give it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is reverenced, among the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel passage is taken from Matthew 21, starting at verse 10, and can be found on on page 22. Hear the Gospel of the Lord according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. 
Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he cured them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the amazing things that he did and heard, the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became angry and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Hannah Sandoval, and I work for the Diocese of Sheffield. Um, I am our Light for Christ enabler, which is a bit of a funny job title, but basically um, it means that I help people um, in their journey of discipleship. Um, And in our diocese, we've chosen to to call that being Light for Christ because we hope that it's a a familiar image, it's a biblical image, and we hope that it's one that um, people can really sort of take hold of and and think of in their daily lives. Um, So I do that four days a week, and I also teach one day um, up the hill at High Stores um, with the deaf children there. So uh, I shall be back here tomorrow morning, (laughs) bright and early. Um, Thank you very much for, for having me here today. So, when uh, Leslie sent me an email to tell me which um, passage I'd be preaching from this Sunday, I have to say, initially, I was a little bit alarmed. (laughs) I thought, okay, Malachi, right? So I got it up on my computer, um, and then I I was reading about polluted food and blemished sacrifices and things being despised, and I thought, my goodness, I think this is a little bit above my pay grade. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not ordained, I don't have any theological training, Uh, my degree was in music. Um, And so I went to my colleagues at the diocese and I said, look, I'm not sure I can do this, you know, I don't really know what to say. How can I link this to, to, you know, my area, which is being lights for Christ? And we sat down and we thought about it. Um, And then we realised that really the point of the passage is is not exactly what the priests bring to the altar, although of course that's important, but really it's all about the intention and and the heart behind it. Um, So that's what I'll speak on on today, if if you'll allow me to. Um, Don't worry, I have checked that everything I say is, is kind of okay with my, with my diocesan colleagues have given me the green light, so it's all good. So after I thought about this for a while, I realised that this passage, as confusing as, and as kind of foreign as it sounds to us, it's really about intention and commitment. And um, as Christians, we are all in the business of commitment. There's the initial lifelong commitment, um, being a follower of Jesus. You know, when we make that commitment to follow Jesus for our lives, perhaps you've sung, Oh Jesus, I have promised. Perhaps you've sung that before. You might call this being a Christian, being a light for Christ, a pilgrim on the way, being a disciple. Whatever you call it, it's the same thing. The writer Baldwin says that the priests in this passage that we were talking about, the unfaithful priests, they were set apart for God's service. And we are too. 
So we have that big commitment that we make, and that is broken down into countless smaller daily commitments, actions, habits, routines, decisions that we make in our everyday lives. People call this discipleship. Theologian Jeff Cavin says that imitation is the foundation of discipleship. In all of our daily habits, actions, decisions, we are aiming to to follow and to imitate Jesus, as difficult as that might be. Some of you here might have a personal rule of life or a way of life or a rhythm of habits that help you on your discipleship journey. Perhaps you were here in in December and January where I um, led some workshops on having a personal rule of life, which just means a simple set of habits and practices that can help us to to kind of live out that commitment in our day-to-day lives. But whatever you call it, the key is intentionality. Setting out to do something in the service of God and to God's glory. And with God's help, trying to see it through. So this passage really is about whether you're giving him your best. Whether you're doing what you set out to do. I guess it's about priority. Making the honour and worship of God your life's aim. Over the years, I've heard time and time again um, a quote from the writer Sarah Young. She writes, Whatever occupies your mind the most becomes your God. I find that really challenging. Because if I'm honest, you know, when I'm going about my day-to-day life, often my thoughts aren't of God and of the worship and service of him. They're about, you know, things I'm worried about, what people think of me, things I've seen on TV, things I've read things I want in my life, you know, they're not perhaps what they ought to be, you know, and some of that is natural, isn't it, of course, but always we're called to reorient ourselves to the Lord. Sometimes we can get so caught up in church structures and politics and tradition that we sort of miss the point, the point being whole life worship of God, so not just here on a Sunday, but Monday through to Saturday as well. The writer Emerson writes that the priests have substituted grudging obligation for spontaneous, joyful worship. They've given God the leftovers, offering in sacrifice that for which they had no use themselves. Gosh, how often do I do that? (laughs) How often do I give God my second best? How often do I not give him my full attention? How often do I push him to the side and say, hang on a minute, God, I've got about six things I need to do today, and none of which involve you, which isn't true, is it? He ought to be involved in all of those things. And I ought to, I know I ought to worship and pray first. That should be my priority, but it's really hard to stick to. Jesus also pulled people up for this kind of thing in Mark chapter 7. Some of the priests were saying, "Oh, um, well, we're we're not looking, we're not after, we're not um, looking after and honouring our mother and father as as the you know the commandment says we should do. But um, we are using that money that we would have spent on looking after them. We've given that to the temple, so that's great, isn't it?" And uh, Jesus is saying, "No, you've circumvented your obligation there. Perhaps it's well meant, perhaps it's not, but either way, they were missing the point." 
that service of God had to come first. Living out this kind of whole life worship is really costly. But to live a life dedicated to God is our high calling. I think of Paul writing that he had been poured out like a drink offering. You know, sometimes when we serve God and we we give him our time, our talents, our treasure, we feel like we're being poured out. We can feel depleted, exhausted. Perhaps you've You've had to help somebody else. You've felt, you know, this is my Christian duty to help this person or to to volunteer on this team or to be part of this ministry or to to give this amount of money. Perhaps, you know, in your service of your family, your friends, perhaps you're looking after relatives. That is part of your discipleship, but perhaps it feels so costly. Perhaps you feel like you're being poured out. Recently, I... um, I led a workshop in another church and I was talking about being lights for Christ and I said to one lady "Um, how do you feel like you're you're being a light for Christ in your life and she said I don't feel like that right now I feel like I'm being poured out I feel exhausted and that made me think of the time in the Bible where the woman broke the jar of costly perfume and anointed Jesus with it and that was so costly that could have been sold. And that's what the disciples said. They said, hang on, what are you doing? You could have sold that and you could, you, know, you could have given the money to the poor and you could have used it for this, that, the other. And Jesus said, no, leave her. It is a beautiful thing that she has done for me. And it may be that perhaps we don't see the impact and the blessing that we are having on other people when we are being poured out. But other people see it and God sees it. So if that's you right now, if you feel that you're being poured out, I want to encourage you because Jesus says it is a beautiful thing that you are doing for him. But hopefully there will be other times where we feel that it's joyful. You know, life is full of those ups and downs and there are different seasons where we feel more like a light and we feel more like something being poured out and kind of both at the same time, maybe. I think of friends that have given up time, money to go and serve other people there's somebody at my church who has volunteered for mercy ships and he's gone away for months on end not being paid to use his medical skills to bring hope to people around the world I think of another lady who selfishly cares for her stepfather every week spends a whole week, whole day every week looking after him Our commitments and this working out of our worship will look different for everybody. We all have different ways of serving and of worshipping the Lord through our actions. It doesn't matter if they're big or small. What's important is the intention and the love behind it. It's important to know that when we set out to do these things, to give God our best, perhaps set out on our personal rule of life journey, that we will fail. It's a when, not if. But the good news of Jesus is that we are covered by grace. His power is made perfect in our weakness. But we don't give up. Each new day is an opportunity to try again. I'm sure I failed already this morning. But the good news is that we have opportunity after opportunity to try again. Paul says that we are to run the race that is set before us with perseverance. 
This is why it's important to have Christian community. And if you've got a personal rule of life, to have someone to encourage you. This is why we come together in fellowship, to encourage each other to run that race, because it isn't easy. But be encouraged, because Ephesians tells us that now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that wonderful to hear? Perhaps you've heard the phrase, try your best and God will do the rest. That's something my, my, my grandmother always says to me. And perhaps we can't see that happening. Perhaps we don't realise how God is doing the rest right now. But perhaps one day it will become clear. So I encourage you just to try your best and trust that God will do the rest. To summarise, following God requires being deliberate and intentional in our daily lives. If you'd like some resources to help you think about how you can do that, there are some personal rule of life booklets on the front there, um, and you can speak to me about that afterwards if that's something you're interested in. Some people find it helpful to have a kind of framework or structure to help them to do that in their daily lives. So it can be costly, but ultimately it is the only way, as Jesus says, to have life to the full. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that is my prayer for all of us here this morning. So, if I may, I'd like to lead us in a time of uh, reflection now. I've brought my harp along. Um, it's, it's been such a gift to share the harp with so many people over the years. And um, I've only recently become aware that there are times in the Bible when kings and, and prophets and all sorts of important people would ask for a harpist or a musician to play for them to aid in their clear thinking, you know, if they had a big decision to make or they needed some time to reflect. There are instances in the Old Testament where they would say, bring me a harpist or bring me a musician. Um, and that playing would help them to, to think about things. So I, I hope I can minister to you in that way this morning. Um, I'd like us to reflect on the times when we have not been loving or faithful to God when we have placed our affections elsewhere perhaps when we have been selfish when we have not worshipped him as we should I know that I've got a lot to reflect on there and then after a while I'll invite us to think about how we can put that commitment we make to follow Jesus into habits and practices that we can practice every day of our lives. So we'll start with a time of reflection and then we'll think towards the future about what that might look like in our daily lives as we shine as lights for Christ. So I shall just get my harp.
prayer for reflection from Evelyn Underhill. Penetrate these murky corners where we hide our memories and tendencies on which we do not care to look, but which we will not yield freely up to you, that you may purify and transmute them. The persistent buried grudge, the half-acknowledged enmity, the private comfort we cling to, the secret fear of failure, which saps our initiative and is really inverted pride, the pessimism, which is an insult to your joy. Lord, we bring these to you and review them in your steadfast light. Lord Jesus, strengthen us in your service as we go about our daily lives. Lord, help us to remember that you are there even in the mundane things, the things that we think are unimportant and boring. Lord, thank you that in everything we have an opportunity to love, worship and serve you. And help us to find our joy in that. Lord, help us to to look ahead to the coming week and remember that in all times we are to walk in your light as we go about our daily daily jobs and duties and actions. Help us to, to shine as lights for Christ and to know your loving presence with us. Amen.